Well, it's time to give away our Valentine's Day Sweepstakes Award. I have 12 people who qualified. Uh, They all won a dozen chocolate-dipped strawberries from Edible Arrangements. They uh, now are eligible to win our grand prize. The grand prize is a one-night stay at Eureka, $50 in food credit at Eureka. You can use it for the buffet or one of their cafes or whatever. Uh, It also has a gift basket from the Barbecue Pit Stop, an edible arrangement from Edible Arrangements, uh, worth the 80 bucks, a Dixie Direct book, a dozen Daylight Donuts, and a couple of AZ-approved KDXU poker chips. It's all coming together right now. And Now, again, I have 12 qualifiers. They are, quickly, Heather, Nancy, Janae, Richard, Brenda, Robbie, Ron, Loretta, Tanner, Bryce, Mike, and Rochelle. Those are my 12 qualifiers. Uh, Full disclosure here, I'm using the randomizer online. It's basically a little tool. You Google it, and it gives you a randomizer. You put a minimum number one which would be our number one, would be, uh, that's Heather. All the way through number 12, that's Rochelle. Uh, I'm going to hit this generate random number button. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look away and hit it about four or five times so we don't just get the uh, random first number. Okay, and I'm going to hit it right now. And the winner is number nine. Number nine on our randomizer is Tanner Hughes. Tanner Hughes is our sweepstakes winner. Tanner, again, wins uh, for uh, his sweetheart. Little Valentine's His, Hers, and Theirs package that includes includes a night stay at Eureka and $50 of food credit at the Eureka in Mesquite. A gift basket for him from the Barbecue Pit Stop. An edible arrangement for her from Edible Arrangements. A Dixie Direct book, a dozen Daylight Donuts, and AG-approved poker chips. Now, uh, Tanner, instructions for you. Uh, you need to pick this package up at the Barbecue Pit Stop. I will have that over there uh, after I get off the show today. I'm going to run it over there, and uh, you'll be able to pick that up at the Barbecue Pit Stop. That's the 300 East, uh, just off the boulevard on the north side behind Napa Auto Parts. So congratulations to Tanner Hughes, our Valentine's Day giveaway, his, hers, and theirs giveaway from KDXU. We'll be right back. Welcome, Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George. Starring Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in. 11 minutes after 9 o'clock. A little bit of fun there. We had the uh, Barbecue HQ show from 8.35 to 9 with Troy Paul. He came in here. We got to talk about barbecue for a half an hour. I I love that. That was awesome. Uh, And by the way, if you go to the Barbecue Pit Stop today... Say the word Meat Man. That's a song by uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. If you say Meat Man to Troy, he'll give you a free product. He hasn't said what the product it is. It might be bear paw or some seasonings or a sauce. But, yeah, go into the store today, say the word Meat Man, and you get something free. And if you're, you know, if you're, even if you're just like a casual griller kind of a barbecue guy, or maybe you don't barbecue, you cook everything in the kitchen, free seasonings, free, free uh, barbecue accessories. That's pretty cool. And then we gave away the Valentine's Award. That Congratulations to Tanner Hughes. Now, Tanner's going to need to go into the barbecue pit stop and give his name and number, proof some, some kind of proof of ID, and uh, they'll be able to pick up that prize, really cool prize, and include a nice day at Eureka, among many other prizes. So uh, I love giving stuff away, having a lot of fun here on a Friday, the day before Valentine's Eve, or two days before Valentine's Day. Hope, guys, you've got something planned for your sweetheart. Don't uh, let it sneak up on you and end up going... You know, in the middle of the night to, to frazzle to buy her or to a maverick to buy her a frazzle or something like that. Don't, don't do that. Just get her something early uh, or offer to take her somewhere special, something like that. It's at 913 every week, every Friday. We get to hear from Seth Stinson, Seth's Corner here on the Andy Griffin Show. What's up, Seth? 
Uh, yeah, I think maybe um, the Valentine lovers ought to have some Thai food at Benja Thai restaurant <laughs> and uh, uh, enjoy some flavors of Asia. All right. I, I don't do the sushi, though, Seth. I will say that. I, I love Benji's Thai. I love their pineapple fried rice and their St. George fried rice. But I just don't do the raw fish. That's, I, I can't do that. Well, let me correct you on that, okay, since uh-huh. my wife's the sushi chef. Uh-huh. Most of the stuff uh, at most restaurants is cooked. Really? It's so, so shrimp. It's, it's uh, um, imitation crab. Like a, Probably the most famous sushi is California roll. Sure, I've heard of that, yeah. All right. It's, it's it. uh, a, a compressed, uh, it's, it's a, I think it's cod fish that is made, it's flavored to taste like crab. Really? Okay, and then there's shrimp, and there's all kinds of things. You don't necessarily eat raw fish. Okay. Oh, by the way, (laughs) uh, I'm not a big fan of raw fish either. (laughs) Okay, Okay. just between us kids, okay? Now, Andy, I'd like to just do a little discussion with you so I don't do a monologue, okay? Okay, yeah, let's, let's do it. All right, um... What? Oh, by the way, I just want for both of us that this discussion is nothing to do with racism and has nothing to do with bigotry. Uh, I've spent most of my life uh, in human resources uh, making sure that we were in compliance with uh, EEOC and and hiring practices that were compliant. Sure. Okay, so I spent my life doing that. So. I, I wouldn't want anybody to say that I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a bigot or anything. So, um, what is the black population? Do you think in um, Saint in Utah? In Utah, percentage wise, probably two percent, maybe. Wow, very astute. One point seven. Okay. And what would the? By the way, that same number or uh, very close to that, all over the Intermountain West. Right. Right. Okay. Idaho, Nevada. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Now, what is the national population? Uh, African American population, probably. I'm going to go maybe thirty percent. Mm-hmm. And there's some perception problems there. It's fourteen point seven. Really? I I overestimated by double. Mm-hmm. Now, you go to New York, you go to L.A., you go to Philadelphia, you go to Pennsylvania. Uh, those numbers are very close to what you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a huge variation depending upon where you live. Now, uh, I assume you watched the su- Super Bowl. I did, yes. Okay. Now, the ratio in, in the country is 85% white or other. And about, I'm going to round it up to 15% black. Okay. Did you happen to watch the halftime show and the Star Spangled Banner and God Bless America? Mm-hmm. I sure did. Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the singer of God Bless America, she had her guitar. I didn't think she did a very good job. And... Uh, 
Um, the Star Spangled Banner was 50-50%. She was uh, African-American. Okay. So we got 100% there. We got 50-50, a uh, country western star and a woman who really uh, um, took over. And so the ratio in that situation was uh, 50-50. Okay. Right. Okay. Now, what was this singer guy? Uh, he's... he's I, I think he is of uh, like Persian descent. He is, uh, he's got a, per, uh, you know, a, a Middle Eastern name. It's like uh, uh, Fayed something or other. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't is know. It, is it something Cardi B or something? No, that's that's weekend. A, that's a, the weekend is what they call him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you find something anomalous with with his presentation? Uh, I will say this, I, and someone in my party pointed it out, and again, not to be bigoted or racist, but all these singers and instrumentalists behind him while he was singing the first part of the halftime were all African-American, every one uh, of them. N- now, what about the dancing boys with the athletic supporter on their face? <laughs> well, I think, Hello? I think they were all black, too, but it's hard to say for sure. <laughs> Well, yes, I, I, I think that that was the message. We're in Black History Month, and uh, of course, there, there's, uh, but there's no White History Month. There is not. Mm-hmm. So, and the dancing, now, I, I didn't watch the entire proceeding from front to back at all because I was doing a little protest. Okay. But I went online and researched these numbers and, and what I saw, and uh, I was uh, somewhat concerned about uh, this kind of zombie dancing I was seeing. Yeah, well, Did those people seem okay when they're in the hallway there and <laughs> cracking into each other and making, you know, it certainly wasn't provocative uh, sexually, but it... Uh, it was sort of uh, depressing. Yeah, almost. I hate to say this, but it almost seemed like the Gustav from the from the Germans back in the forties. I mean, the, the something. Way, but but yeah. it didn't. Yeah, uh, I don't mind being entertained during halftime. You know, uh, um, singing and dancing and entertainment and whatever. But when you're doing that, could you maybe leave your agenda at home? Mm. Boy, what a great mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I, and the colors are, you know, uh, red, uh, black, uh, I think they had black pants on and red coats. Uh, looked like a hundred of them out in the uh, arena that were dancing and, and all of that, not mm-hmm. this uh, zombie stuff. But I was concerned that uh, um, they're wearing, the queen and, and the British army likes to dress up in black and red. Hmm. And uh, wear this kind of, uh, I don't know, was it, do you think the white stuff on their face was supposed to be a mask? I, I think that was somebody's creative way of getting the people to wear masks, so to kind of make a statement there, but also be uh, cool or whatever. I think it failed miserably. That was for the worst masks I've ever seen. Uh, and and what I don't understand the purpose of the whole thing, other than I detect an agenda. Mm, Now, uh, maybe uh, one of our local attorneys, maybe Larry Myers or or, um, somebody, might be interested in filing a suit because if in my career 
I had to assimilate. I had to make sure that the ratio of people in my company matched the local population in the city and the state in which we were operating. So that was one of your goals as an HR person. You, you had to try to reflect the community? I did, hmm, in fact. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time recruiting and, and uh, finding people, especially females and, and other ethnic groups, even bringing them to my home because they didn't have uh, adequate housing. And to make the hire, I had to do things that were anomalous, let's say, to make sure these percentages um, reflected what was the population. Uh, the Super Bowl certainly, Seth, did not do that at all. Okay. Um, and and so um, I'm just concerned that we're being set an agenda of whatever it is about the queen's colors, about masks on our face, and that we're, we're getting as much as 80, 90, even higher percentage of, of people that don't look like the people watching and paying for this game. Yeah. If that were the case, it would be 85, 15. Good place, okay. Yeah. Entertain me, but please don't force down my throat an agenda. And, of course, I had the opportunity, and I, I took it to, to make a little protest, but I wanted to check later, and I had to watch the thing two or three times to treat it, see if I could pick up the nuance. Okay, so um, you you can do that. I don't understand why the NFL or whoever I assume it's the NFL and Pepsi yeah. are 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 going to alienate their audience. Well, I, I think Seth to, to kind of address that a little bit. I would say if you look at the uh, number of black athletes in that play in the NFL, that is definitely disproportionately uh, black. And in the entertainment industry, don't you think the entertainment industry does not reflect America as far as the percentages? It seems like there are more or more famous anyway, uh, minorities than there are in uh, regular people in America. Um, I I don't have that perception. I I know it's moving. It has moved greatly from there. I, you know, I remember television in the 50s. So, you know, I'm like a dinosaur as far as that's <laughs> concerned. And uh, do you know who had the first interracial, what show had the first interracial kiss? Uh, ooh. Hmm. No, I, I, it wasn't in the 50s, was it? The 60s. 60s. What was it? Star Trek. Oh, well, that was probably inter, interspecies as, too, as well. With Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I think Kirk kissed Uhura. Uhura, yeah. Yeah, so, that. And, and, uh, and that was sort of a groundbreaking show for just all kinds of things. And I, I just, you know, maybe I'm too sensitive, uh, uh, which I, a lot of people might say, uh, but I also can detect the nuances and the agendas that are being put forward. And uh, uh, flying uh, combat uh, bombers over the uh, uh, Super Bowl is, uh, I think, somewhat astra- extravagant when we're trying to save money and uh, uh, fight with COVID to have these bombers flying over the... I've never seen bombers fly over a uh, uh, sporting event before. Yeah, a little too much. Seth, got to let you. Thank you for calling in today. Always a pleasure.
Thank you, sir. He's Seth Stinson, Seth's Corner, every Friday here on the Andy Griffin Show. Uh, your thoughts on the ratio of entertainers in the Super Bowl as opposed to the ratio of white versus black in America? Are, are we being racist for even bringing this up? Uh, you know, and Seth, Seth prefaced his thoughts with, well, we're not racist. Uh, but he was tasked as, a, as an HR person with trying to make his company reflect the community. In Utah, 98, well, 2%, African-American, 2% in Utah. So, you know, are we disproportionate in Utah when it comes to entertainment or sports or whatever? It's an interesting thing to think about. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines. Hey, you're on Open Line Friday. What's going on? Morning, Andy. Morning, Richard. What's up? Well... I think we're overlooking the big thing. The black stuff's right in front of our face. Mm-hmm. And did you see what Biden did today? Today? No, he I have not. Put an order out there that says if you can make it across the river and through the fence, they pick you up, you'll get registered. If you have a child in tow and you show up to court date someday, and in the meantime, you can stay in America. Welcome to America. Huh? Reversing the order where Trump says you get to stay in Mexico until you have your court date. Hmm. As long as you have a kid, you're okay. So I wonder if the Border Patrol is going to fingerprint these children. So when they come across the border 10 or 12 times, we can track that also, you know? Because if they bring a person with them, the person gets to stay. They'd probably be, uh, they, they probably wouldn't let him do children, I'm guessing. So Probably, probably not. not. Yeah. And you remember Paul Harvey's favorite saying, the oh. browning of America. <laughs> well, it looks like it's in full-blown swing again. Yeah, it sure does. It <laughs> Unfortunately. Sure does. No, I tuned a little bit into the Super Bowl, but I fast-forwarded through all the halftime and stuff. I don't blame you. It was not good. It was not good at all. So, Don't sound like I missed anything at all. Sure, some heartache sure no. for this country. All right, Richard. Thanks for the call today. Ready to talk to you. you it is. Uh, let's see. What's the clock telling me? Nine twenty-seven. Got a little bit more time. Maybe take a couple of more phone calls. Uh, boy, uh, Richard touched on the fact that uh, Joe Biden is going crazy with his pen. More, more executive orders. In one fell swoop, boy, there was a, a graphic on Facebook. I'm going to see if I can find it during a commercial break that talks about what what Joe Biden has done since he took office. He is doing everything in his power to undo Donald Trump's legacy, everything in his power. And uh, one of the things is that Keystone Pipeline. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, too dirty for us to pipe oil from Canada down through, or Alaska down through and into our country. That's that's too dirty and disgusting. But you know what? Let's throw all that stuff on a train and uh, and some diesel trucks, and let's bring it down that way because that's so much cleaner than running it through a pipeline. And then there's the 80,000 now. Is it 80,000 jobs that Biden has signed uh, and terminated, basically, by terminating a couple of the border wall and the pipeline and Man, oh man, it is frustrating. All right, let's go to back to the phone lines. Hey, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? I didn't get in when you were talking about the changing the name of our university, so I'd like to put my two cents worth in. Yeah, please do. Um, <laughs> we have record numbers of students coming to Dixie. Mm-hmm. We have a significant African-American 
uh, group that come that don't seem to mind that it's called Vic Dixie. Right. And we're building a big uh, multi-story dorm for students. And a friend of mine that works at the university said, even with that new dorm, we are 500 beds short. Wow. Now tell me why we need to change the name. It, it boggles the mind uh, that, that, that that's their argument. In, in fact, let me ask you this. They're changing the name, and we, I mean, you and I know all the reasons why that's ridiculous to do that. What do you think is their motivation? Biff Williams and, and, the, and the board voted unanimously to change the name. Why? I still haven't figured out why. Just to go along with this movement of the BLM, and, you know, we can't, we can't be the least bit uh, have anything that would be racist. Aunt Jemima has to change her pancake syrup and right. stuff. I mean, it, it, so, it's just ridiculous. So they're trying to be woke. They're trying to be virtuous in, in, in because yeah, us yeah. dummies don't know any better. And so they're trying to save us from ourselves. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But, uh, you know, yeah, we, we can't we can't be uh, in the least. You know, whatever. Yeah, left, left to our own devices, yeah. All right, thanks for the call. Yeah. I appreciate that. Man, it frustrates me that I still can't. If that's the reason, well, can I say, no, thank you. I don't need to be saved from myself. I'm good. Thank you anyway. Don't I get a choice? Isn't that what it's all about, letting me choose? What? I don't know. It's frustrating. All right, back to the phone lines. Hey, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Um, I have had a little trouble getting a had a little trouble getting a hold of my representative, Mitt Romney. I've called him probably, I don't know, a hundred times in the last three months, and I have yet to to get any kind of response. I was wondering if anybody was getting that. You know, I can't even get a written response out of the guy. I can tell you this. I have reached out to his, even his PR people, the people that, his handlers, so to speak, to try to get him on the show, and they will not even answer my, my emails, texts, or phone calls. So I'm having a similar yeah. experience. You know, I they Wyoming censured. Uh, oh, I can't even remember her name now. Liz, um, Liz, Liz, whatever. Cheney. Yeah, Cheney. Yeah, that's Liz it. Cheney. You know, I wonder if there's anything the Republican Party can do. I I think he's out of touch with his constituents. Yeah, he is. Well, honestly, I hate to say it, but he is a Republican in name only right now. Yeah. Well, he's an embarrassment to me. You know, I'm I'm ashamed to tell people that I live in Utah, and, and he's my representative, you know? And even worse, I don't know about you, but I actually voted for him, and I, I wish I could take that back right I, now. I did not. I was a firm uh, Mike Kennedy. Yeah, I, I should have listened to you guys supporter. back then, because I blew it. <laughs> so. Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, Thanks. All right, thanks for the Bye. call. It is a 931. We'll take one more call, and then we'll go to weather. Uh, hi, uh, hi, thank you for calling. You're on the Andy Griffin Show. What's up? Hi, Andy. Good morning. Hi. Oh, the fellow just in front of me had exactly the same thinking that I was thinking. How can we impeach a senator? Mm, yeah, I don't know if you can, but I, I, I know you can call for you can have a recall. We could have a recall election, try to get him out of there. Uh, I don't well, know. Well, I think it's about time that we do something in the state because he is not a representative of all the people here in Utah. And like the fellow before, I have called in. I have demanded a statement. I have over and over and over again, and you get nothing from the man. 
So he's kind of a loose gun, I think. And as a senator, if anybody knows how to impeach a senator, please call in. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. We'll do. Uh, I lied. We're going to do one more call, and then we'll go to Ray. Hey, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Good morning, Andy. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. What's on your mind? Excellent. I, I hate to ask this. What's wrong? Has Romney done something again? Right, recently again. Well, he, he's, uh, he has voted for the impeachment to, to go forward. So, uh, uh, if it has to do with Trump, he's going to vote. Uh, he's going to vote uh, for uh, getting rid of Trump. And it's funny because Trump's already gone. I was sorry to hear what your choice was when he ran of your vote choice, but yeah, I, blew I, it. I I actually shared with everyone that was interested in that topic at that time that I go, no, 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 I'm not voting for, for Romney. He's only going in there to cut Trump off at the knees. And, you know, sure as the heck, I was unfortunately very right. That's all he's done. You were dead on on that one for sure. Yeah, unfortunately. But anyway, Andy, thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling today. Great to talk to you. We've got uh, 9.34. I'm only like three or four minutes late for weather, so let's get that done right now. Happy Friday to you. This is the Andy Griffin Show. It's 9.38. I've been had a story this morning that's been kind of kind of fun. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this. So uh, this lady, is uh, she's like a, hub, a grub hub. Uh, she delivers food, basically. And somebody at the U Hospital up in Salt Lake, had uh, ordered some cookies, I don't know, a dozen cookies or whatever. So her job was to pick the cookies up, drive them in her own car over to the U Medical Center and deliver to a hospital room, uh, deliver some cookies to somebody. So she uh, picks the cookies up. She heads over to the hospital. She gets into the parking lot, and as she pulls into the parking lot, kind of in a dark corner, she sees two guys beating up a third guy, just beating the scrut out of this guy, right? So what would you do in that situation? Most of us probably call the cops, uh, maybe shine our headlights but stay in our car because you don't want to be involved in the altercation. That's it's, it's sketchy. You never know if somebody's got a weapon, whatever. But not this lady, okay? her name. I think her name was, oh, shoot, what was her Debbie Park, something like that. I think it was De- Deborah Park. If I have the name wrong, uh, maybe Allison can text me. <laughs> it's, uh, anyway, uh, so she gets out of her car, right? She parks her car, gets out of her car. And she's got a little stun gun, one of those little things you carry on your keychain that shoots, you know, 10,000 volts or whatever. And she goes over and yells, hey, stop it. They don't listen to her. They keep beating the guy up. So she pulls her stun gun out and she says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shock you if you don't stop it. So one guy stops with the beating and, and takes off. He's like, ah, I don't want to get busted. I don't want to get shocked. I'm out of here. The other guy keeps beating the guy. So she, shock, she shocks him once, right? And goes, oh, hey, what, what are you doing? He turns and he goes to swing at her. He's like, all right, I'll stop beating him. I'll beat you. She gets him again. The guy's like, ow, hey, stop it. And and so she shocks him again, shocks him a couple of times. And the guy's finally like, all right, I'm out of here. And he starts running away. And uh, so what would you do at that point then? Okay, for me, I'm like, all right, I got rid of the bad guys. I'm going to help the guy that was getting beat up. And, uh, and, and, And that's the end of it. But not this park lady. She's like, I'm not letting this guy get away from it uh, with with it. He took a swing at me. He was beating up this other guy. So she starts chasing him with her stun gun. So picture in your mind, dark parking lot last night. She's uh, she's she looks like I saw a picture of her. She looks like she might be five four, hundred and thirty pounds, maybe, maybe, maybe even less than that. And she's chasing this dude across the parking lot. And every time she gets close, she she, she jolts him once. 
So this guy, this poor guy, I say poor guy, he deserved it, I guess. But this guy, he's good. finally he gets on the ground. He's like, please stop it. And, and then the cops show up. I guess she had, she did call at one point. She did call 911 before she got out of the car. But cops show up. They bust the guy. He's probably going to flop on his, on his buddy. Uh, the guy that was getting beat up was okay. He's, you know, a little beat up, but he, nothing serious. And uh, get this, she took the cookies that she was going to deliver to the hospital, and she gave it to the guy that was getting beat up. She's like, you know what? Here you go. Take this. I don't know what, ha- you know, there's somebody in a coma or, or somebody on a ventilator, which I guess you wouldn't be able to eat a cookie anyway, but somebody in the hospital didn't get their cookies. But this park, uh, Deborah Park, she took care of business. That's a lady that gets things done right there. You know, get your stun gun out and you take care of business. Uh, I'm just glad she didn't have a real gun because uh, there'd be a couple of dead bad guys, I think, right now. So way to go, Deborah Park. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this uh, last, uh, this season. The Dallas Mavericks, uh, and, you know, they've been playing without crowds, so uh, they haven't had anybody in the stands. The owner, Mark Cuban, and, uh, by the way, the sports reporters that missed this blew it, but Mark Cuban decided, hey, there's no fans. I'm not going to pay to have someone sing the national anthem. And so there have been no national anthem at home games for the Cleveland or for the Dallas Mavericks this year. They've played uh, about 10, 12 home games, something like that. No national anthem at any of the games. So this last game, they were playing Atlanta on, uh, it was uh, Wednesday night. And uh, they let a few fans in for the first time. It was only a little bit, like a 1,000 fans. But they let a few fans in for the game. And the fans are the ones that said, that, that noticed there was no national anthem. They, they came in, they had the PA announcer announce the starting lineups, and they played the game. And some of the fans got on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat or whatever social media you choose. And they said, hey, weirdest thing. I was at the Dallas Mavericks game tonight, and they didn't play a national anthem. And some of them did some investigating, and they found out that, in fact, Dallas hadn't played, Cuban hadn't played a national anthem, not a taped version, not a live version, nothing, all season long. And when... Asked about it, Mark Cuban said, "Oh, this, you know, this is this is part of the whole solidarity with Colin Kaepernick and with the, you know, the people that don't feel like this country represents them." And so I felt it was a good opportunity to make a political statement without too many people being offended because there weren't people in the stands. Well, you can imagine how that went over for those of us that believe in capitalism in America and America and the American way and working hard and. Yeah, you know, doing your best so that you can succeed someday. And when I got to thinking about it, I'm like, wait a minute. Mark Cuban is a direct representative of the American way. Here's a guy, probably pretty smart. Uh, he's a Shark Tank guy now. Probably pretty smart. Uh, had a dot-com or two, go crazy, made millions, maybe even billions. Uh, sold a lot of it off, bought the Mavericks, did some other things. And uh, here's a guy that worked hard. And got very rich at a very young age. That is, you know, that's the American dream right there. If you can, if you can work hard and get lucky, something big happens to you. And then you never have to worry about money again the rest of your life. That's what happened to Mark Cuban. And yet, here he is saying, I don't think that most of America understands that uh, a lot of these people that live in America feel oppressed and feel like that they're, uh, they're picked on. And uh, they have no chance at the American dream. And uh, I certainly don't think, you know, b- don't believe in capitalism in the Amer- American way. That's Mark Cuban being the 
Well, imagine that, being the liberal hypocrites. Ah, heavy sigh. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. By the way, if you want to be in on Open Line Friday, love to hear from you, 673-5890. If you want to text me, maybe you're not comfortable talking on the air, you can text me at 435-467-5842, or you can email me, A Griffin G-R-I-F-F-I-N, at cherrycreekmedia.com. I know that's a long one, but once you get it down, your, your uh, email service will remember it. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Hi, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Uh, got a couple of things. First of all, there was a lady called in and wanted to know about, you know, why why are the uh, powers that be trying to change the name of Dixie? Mm-hmm. And the answer to that really isn't that difficult. In fact, Ronald Reagan, uh, one of his uh, many quotes, uh, Ronald Reagan said, "The trouble with our liberal liberal friends is not that they're ignorant; it's just that they know so much." That isn't true. <laughs> and that really, it describes this woke movement. See, because if you're woke, supposedly somehow you now have the truth. Yeah. And the fact is, it's, it, it, they know so many things that just aren't so. And so the reason why Dick, the name of Dixie is trying to be changed is because we have these uh, people, and they're all on the left. I don't know, Andy, do you know anybody who's a conservative that really wants to change the name of Dixie? I don't. No, they're all on the left. That's because they're all woke, and they've bought into this nonsense that we have systemic racism in our country, and just because of a name, it makes us all racist. And so that's the answer. It's because we have leaders, we have people in in uh, powerful places that are woke, and it's just they know so many things that just isn't so. So it kind of goes back to what I was saying in that they want to protect us from ourselves, apparently. Well, the problem is, you're right, but they they see a danger that doesn't exist. They're trying to save us from something that isn't a danger. Yeah. So um, if I might move on to, uh, you know, several callers earlier talked about Romney and their inability to get a hold of him, right. you as well. Yeah, I've been trying to get a, yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of Romney for months and months, and all you get is a recording and no ability to leave a message. And by the way, that's just not Romney. Uh, Chris Stewart, uh, I've done the same thing. Now, I don't know if many people know this, but I think this is the best way for those of us locally to be able to get even Romney's here. All three of our federal representatives have local offices here. Now, of course, they're not. there's nobody there, and if you call that number, which I have, you get a mailbox that's full. But I finally did get a call back from Chris Stewart's office, and I now will be able – I've made an appointment to go see somebody face-to-face right here in St. George. Cool. I recommend that we start utilizing or at least forcing these representatives to use their local offices and their local contact. All of them have offices. All of them have phone numbers, and they ignore us easily uh, just like they do other places. But if we start forcing that issue from a local level, they have to have somebody that's going to be there and answer the phone and answer the door. After all, why do you have an office here? You know, what, one of the things that uh, when I have a, a, a new politician on or someone who's running for office, one of the very first, I don't know if you've noticed this, one of the very first questions I'll ask them is, uh, what is your what is your policy when, it, when you get a complaint, when somebody talks to you and has a problem? And, of course, almost always the answer is, well, I, the first thing I do is listen. And it makes you wonder now, when when did they stop listening? At what level do you go? You know, city council, I think they listen. You know, the county commission, I think they listen. At what point do they stop listening? 
Well, I believe they already have. And even if they listen, um, most of them have already made up their mind because they're all smarter than us. And they've already decided, you know, all you little people, you just don't understand. You don't have all the information. You don't have the education. And so we're going to make these decisions for you. And the arrogance is just unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. But one of the, you know, somebody talked about impeaching a senator or a recall. Yeah. I don't believe that here in Utah we have a recall process for anyone. Really? For anyone. And I would love to have, I, I've, I've looked it up. I've even called the, the city attorney uh, when Mayor Pike had done some of these uh, things he's done. I called, how do we recall the mayor? Uh, 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 I, I don't know. Hmm. They don't, I don't think we have a recall process. Mm-hmm. And by the way, for Romney, you know, in, in 1913, uh, under the uh, guidance of Woodrow Wilson, we changed the Constitution. You know, senators used to be chosen by the state legislatures, the 17th Amendment, and they changed it to a popular vote. And that's when we really lost the ability to control these guys. The legislature could recall Romney today if we were still under the Constitution 1913. But, of course, it was changed for, for the reason that right now we have no ability to touch them. And then, at last, I know you've been very kind with the time. How would you like to buy gasoline for $1.70 a gallon? Yeah, it would be nice. Right here, in, right here in St. George. Really? Yep. Go to Costco today. Fill up. Get, you know, there's uh, the uh, regular uh, 85, whatever it is, uh-huh. and you'll pay a buck seventy a gallon. Really? I didn't know that. Why is that? Well, well, because as soon as you add the fifty cents federal and state tax onto it, now you're up to two twenty. Uh, Do you know your receipt doesn't reflect the tax? Oh, I didn't know that. Do you know that the machine that you take it out of used to have it posted on a dispensing that. machine? I remember. Well, that. We don't do that anymore. Why not? Hmm. I don't know. I must have changed the regulation. Something to think huh? about. Yeah. So, right. Well, it's because they don't want us to know. So something to think about. Thanks, Andy, for the right. time. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 951. We've got, I've got to get a 90-second break in. Uh, when I come back, I'll take the rest of your phone calls. If you're on hold, thank you for being patient. We will get to you as soon as we can. 90-second uh, break and a chance to thank Joe Shoney. 435-590-6300 is his phone number. An astonishing 4.92 out of 5 stars with 516 reviews online. He is a local loan consultant that cares about you. 435 Have you heard of KeepDixieGreat.com? At KeepDixieGreat.com, we love Dixie and are fighting to keep the Dixie name at our university. You know, a portion of every sale goes to DSUHC.org to help them fight to keep the Dixie name through legal means. Check out our Andy Griffin Show t-shirts, Sugarloaf t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and other swag. And right now, tees are two for $30 if you use the promotional code KDXU. That's two t-shirts for $30 with the promotional code KDXU. It's KeepDixieGreat.com where shipping is always free. I love Fridays. There's a lot of reason to love Fridays. Of course, it's a gateway to the weekend. Uh, I usually have some kind of ball game on Friday nights that I get to broadcast tonight. It's a basketball game uh, over at Snow Canyon. Dixie Snow Canyon should be a fantastic game. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Friday's open line Friday. I get to hear from you guys out there. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Also today, I gave away a grand prize Valentine's package getaway uh, to Tanner Hughes. I'll call Tanner once I get off the air and we'll arrange to get him uh, picked up. We had the barbecue uh, HQ show with Troy Paul on the from the barbecue pit stop. That was a lot of fun. In fact, if you go in today and say the word meat man, well, I guess it's two words, meat man, 
you get uh, a free product. Now, I didn't see what it is. Could be bear paws to help pull your meat apart. It could be a seasoning, a sauce, whatever. But a free product at Barbecue Pit Stop today just by going in and saying the words Meat Man. Very cool uh, deal there. And uh, what else happened today? Well, a lot of stuff happened. But we're going we're gonna to go right to the phone lines because we're down to the last five, five or six minutes. So, hey, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just wanted, I, uh, I wanted to commend the people who are fighting so hard to keep Dixie, Dixie, and everything. And yeah. I'm a transplant from California, communist California, so here's what happens there. Yeah, it is. Uh, they, they do these little things like change the name of this and do this little thing and say, it's no big deal. And people go, well, it's no big deal. But here, people have recognized that even that this is a big deal, and it's just a start to a slippery slope of changing everything counterculturally that we have. And yeah. so I, I just want to thank you for for putting this on the air and, and the people working so hard to keep Dixie and Dixie. And I, I just think it's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, you know what? The thing is, too, is is we're fighting hard. We are trying hard. And uh, somebody said, hey, uh, you notice uh, the, uh, on the news and stuff, they don't say weather in Utah's Dixie anymore. They say weather in St. George. I can tell you this. Here on KDXU, I'll get fired over this, but it's always going to be Utah's Dixie to me. I don't care. It's this is this is where I live. This is my home. This is Utah's Dixie, and you can change the new name of the university, and uh, they're on their way. It looks like to doing that, but it doesn't matter. It's still going to be Utah's Dixie to me. Uh, by the way, a quick update on that: it did pass the committee, and it did pass. The committee was like twelve to two or something. It passed in the Utah House of Representatives to ban the name Dixie, change the name Dixie, uh, 51 to 20. So it wasn't that close. Kudos to uh, Walt Brooks, Travis Segmuller, those that fought against uh, the name change. But unfortunately, they lost. It now goes to the Senate. And I know Don Ibsen is a local state senator. He is very, very pro-Dixie name and very against this bill. I hope Don can let his voice be heard and uh, cooler heads uh, or smarter heads can prevail on this particular topic because uh, obviously I don't think it's over. I think we can keep fighting for it. It may be out of our hands, but you know what? They might take away the university. Are they going to start taking away Dixie Drive? Are they going to start taking away all the businesses that are named Dixie, all the people that are named Dixie? Are they going to try to eat away the Dixie spirit? You know, our call letters here on KDXU, KDXU, guess what that stands for? Yeah, Dixie, KDXU. I don't know if you ever put that together, but uh, I'm pretty proud of that. It's like KSL's K, uh, KSL, K Salt Lake, KDXUK Dixie, and it always will be. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, uh, what's up today? Yes, uh, Andy, uh, I like Friday because it's open line Friday. Me too, me too. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I really want to yeah, support Don Epson with his kind of push there to retain our name uh, Dixie in the area. I just totally agree with all of that. Like you quickly mentioned, so many private businesses here that are, you know have their name Dixie in front of their business name and it's just it's just crazy and I, I feel that dovetails into what I what I wanted to call about real quickly Andy it's yesterday the guest host on Rush Limbaugh was was pointing out the brainwashing that our school kids are getting out have been getting and will keep getting into the future and what we can do about it and it was brought up that really one of the best most effective things we could do is around the kitchen table. Parents need to actually take up having conversations with their children, if they would, about 
the, these topics of all the cancel culture, the, the, the black versus white, all of this crazy stuff, the history where they're changing American history, there's just so much on and on and on. But the basic thing is around the kitchen table to, to try to, as best we can, give our, give our children, you know, a, a different view besides what they're going to get brainwashed with, with going to the history class in our public schools, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Thank you for the phone call. That That's a great point. We need to take time for our kids. When my kids were, especially my younger kids, were in elementary school, I went to a local school here. I'm not going to say which one it was, but it was not a higher income school. Uh, I'm not going to say poor kids, but it was, you know, the kids were maybe, you know, a little more working class type kids. And I remember going to a few assemblies and, you know, where they have the parents come and watch the kids, you know, sing a song or whatever. And I remember sitting in the audience at, uh, at these things and, uh, there were more than one tramp stamps. You know what that is? That's that tattoo down at the back, the bottom of the back uh, of a girl that, you know, usually right above the, uh, the uh, showing butt crack, uh, there were more than enough of those to go around. There were uh, parents with tattoos and piercings and, and weird haircuts and, and cleavage. And, and that, was the, that was the majority. I was in the minority. Conservative guy, no weird piercings or tattoos. Not that there's anything wrong with tattoos, but you know what I'm talking about. I was in the minority, and I remember sitting and looking at some of these people, and I think, what? chance does their kid have if if mom has a nose ring and a nipple ring and a belly button ring and she's showing two of the three of them off and uh you know and and dad has 87 tattoos from the his ankle to his face and and long hair and you know i just i just remember sitting in that room more than once thinking what chance do these kids have 